You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame Athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today we have for you a preview of tonight's, or this afternoon, uh, rather, game for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in basketball against Wake Forest. We will then project who we think will be the starting offensive line during spring ball for Notre Dame in football. And then lastly, an interesting tidbit on a guy who didn't play in the Senior Bowl, but a different senior player who played in an All-Star game who received post-game honors for his performance. Before we get into that, folks, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So hitting on into this Wake Forest game, a game that you might be thinking isn't really that important, but well, folks, it actually is. It's a lot more important than I think you could expect as Notre Dame right now is trying to climb their way out of their really rough start at the beginning of ACC play. And this game has huge implications on the trajectory of the final stretch of playing in conference. 5 o'clock p.m. on the ACC Network is when this game is going to be taking place. It is at the Purcell Pavilion. And the one thing that we want to touch on here first, folks, is what the ACC standings look like. Notre Dame currently at that 12 spot, 3-6 and six in conference. And then Wake Forest overall, Five and seven. Uh, they are thirteenth at a two and seven record. So Ryan, um, what do you think here? You know, like what is the implications of this game? Why do you think it's important? Because it really needs to be talked about what this means. Well, I, I mean, the teams are so closely packed together, right? Like it's this is a substantial moment for Notre Dame because it is, hey, are we going to stick to being this middling team that is going to fall to the bottom of the ACC conference? Or are we going to be able to start to get a couple wins in a row where not only do we start feeling better about ourselves, not only do we gain momentum moving towards the end of the season, but it's about positioning at this point, you know, for the ACC tournament. And then hopefully, a, a you know, a NCAA tournament bid, like who knows what will happen depending on you just need to get there to get that train rolling a little bit. And I, I think for Notre Dame, we've seen some moments this year where, hey, Nate Lashevsky, Prentice Hub, Dane Goodwin, like all these guys, Trey Wirtz, there's some, there's some building blocks here. But we've seen them, hey, solid outing, and then you hit a little skid where you lose two or three straight. It, there just hasn't been consistency. So not only is this huge just for the overall seeding and ACC, being able to separate yourself from a team that is pretty closely packed together to you, but also like, hey, man, let's get a winning streak going. Let's start feeling better about ourselves. Because the minute that we we get into ACC play, we, one, we want to be in a good situation, and two, we need to be playing good basketball. Because at the end of the day, Notre Dame has dug themselves into a little bit of a hole where we need to play good down the stretch, or else we're probably not going to have much post um postseason opportunities we're not going to have much postseason momentum so this is a huge game for a team like wake forest that is again so closely compact right in the you know kind of lower tier of the conference we need to start to get not only to top 10 hey top eight we need to really start to get some momentum here let's not just win a solid basketball game then lose a couple straight 
Let's win three or four in a row. Start getting ourselves on a roll. Get hot at the right times. This is about the this is about the moment in the season where you see teams really capture momentum and ride it into tournament play. And Notre Dame was really butchered by an early difficult in-conference schedule having to play a, a struggling Duke team, but multiple times playing UVA, multiple times playing Virginia Tech, UNC still a very competitive program. That really does not help them with their early start in ACC play, but this next stretch of games is that bottom half where Notre Dame needs to succeed, and frankly, they need to win out if they want to end up with the one goal that we've been talking about a lot here is trying to get more towards the middle of the pack in terms of seeding for the ACC uh, tournament because if you can finish as like a 9 or an 8 seed and then win a couple games during the tournament, you don't have to make it all the way and win the ACC tournament, but if you can maybe surprise somebody during tournament play, you could end up doing enough to prove that you are in a March Madness caliber team. Probably not a highly seedable team, but you're capable of going and competing for March Madness for that tournament and heading to Indianapolis. So this game right now, they are one spot above Wake Forest. If you lose this basketball game, it is going to not only kill that momentum, as you talked about, but it is going to then knock them up with Wake Forest with a very similar record, and Wake Forest is going to have that win over advantage uh, in terms of that seeding. But if they win this game, they create some separation. And then on top of that, they are coming right after NC State uh, for that 11th spot, which is just a matter of just climbing up the rankings right now and moving up very gradually. And in terms of what to expect from this Wake Forest team, it is not a very good team. They had uh, very few good wins. All their wins at the beginning of the year were against tiny schools like Delaware State and some unrecognizable programs. They then went on a fat losing streak like we saw with Notre Dame in ACC play. They did end up beating Pitt very recently by one. They did beat Miami by 12 on Saturday. So very similar victories, but not by as much and not as high quality of wins in terms of their overall performance. But right now, the thing that stands out, which Notre Dame has a huge advantage and what they've succeeded is that Wake Forest does not have a very good shooting lineup. They don't have very much height. They're not a very good rebounding team. And they also turn the ball over over 14 times a game. So all of those things have typically lended in favor of Notre Dame because they they have been technically sound, and they have also been really good at uh, uh, slowing down bad shooting teams. Every game from here on out is a resume builder, like you're saying, right? And this is the type of team where there's no excuses for losing this basketball game. Notre Dame has to be able to capitalize on a lesser team. And I feel like it's every game at this point, at least the ones that we've been highlighting, is, hey, Notre Dame has advantages. Notre Dame has shooters on the perimeter. Notre Dame has a size advantage. Nate Lashevsky, one of the best players in the ACC, has been a huge star for Notre Dame this year. He's the kind of guy at six foot ten. Jawan Dorm at six foot eleven. There's going to be some opportunities inside, and what that does for you, the minute that you can score a few easy baskets inside, hey, that increases the spacing. So hopefully, Cormac Ryan gets some open looks. Prentice Hub gets some open looks. Trey Words gets some open looks. These guys are the ones that are going to be the catalysts. But how we set those guys up for easy baskets are Nate Lashevsky. Juwan Dorm being able to take advantage of those opportunities. This is a game that, hey, we're recapping this game tomorrow, um, or after the game, I should say, and and they come out and they just have a clunker, maybe lose by three or four points to a team like this, then that, I mean, that just pretty much you know, sum, surmises the season a little bit. It's not 
This isn't like these games are, they have to be no doubts. They have to be games that you win without any reservation at all. You cannot go into the AC tournament and then look at this resume and say, wow, so many clunkers. If Notre Dame has to, if Notre Dame's going to capture some, some momentum going forward here, these are the games that have to be must win games. Yeah, and you know, as we said, very, very important games. Some important names to know: Davian Williamson, thirteen points per game; Isaiah uh, Mucius, five point four, is their best rebounding player. So those are probably going to be the two important players to watch. I will be providing a post game reaction as I typically do, so stay tuned for that on the Wednesday show, Ryan. Before we end up getting to projecting the offensive line for the spring, why don't you share with our listeners a message from Rock Auto? Yeah, and for any auto need that you have, you know that it is it is a tough tough um it's a tough sell sometimes, right? You go to these chain stores who have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com, on the other hand, all the prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section, so they know that we were the ones that sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts, hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So Ryan, we've been doing this fun little exercise projecting various position groups. We're probably going to do tight ends next if I were to suspect, but I think the fun one here and the one that you were the most excited to discuss is who you think is going to be starting along the offensive line uh, during the spring. So Ryan, have at it. Who do you think is going to be sitting where? Well, this one's a fun one because we're Losing four of five starters, including Aaron Banks, Liam Eikenberg, Robert Hainsey, and Tommy Kramer. So with a team like Notre Dame that recruits so well, we, we had to fill four positions, and it could go in a lot of different directions. There's a lot of different combinations that we could potentially see. We know that as long as he is back healthy from his injury, that Tommy, um, Tommy Kramer, that Jared Patterson is going to be one of those starting five. He's been the starting center for the last two years. What I'm hearing is... Jared Patterson is a very strong candidate to actually move out to offensive tackle. He was actually he was the starting le- uh, he was the backup left tackle his initial season in uh, 2017 when he was a true freshman 
at the or uh, 2018 when he was a true freshman at the time, backing up um, at left tackle. So I'm looking at it and I'm saying, all right, Jared has some experience playing it in practice. It's a little bit of a transition, obviously. No, not much live game reps except in some mop up duty in his initial season. But I think Jared Patterson's going to be the guy that's going to continue that great trend that Notre Dame has at left tackle. So let's work from left to right. I think Quinn Carroll could start potentially at either guard or offensive tackle. Could start at right tackle, I think. I think he's that talented. He's been a guy that was one of the top recruits coming out a couple years ago. He's had to wait his turn a lot like a lot of these Notre Dame players have done. And I think that he, 6'6", 300-plus pounds, highly recruited. All the talent in the world is there. So I think Quinn Carroll is going to be one of the starting five. I haven't passed in at left guard here. And I think that what gives you versatility to move a guy like Jared Patterson over to left tackle is the, the fact that Zeke Corral actually played pretty well in his couple starts down the stretch. So going to play Zeke Corral at center in this hypothetical situation. Josh Lugg is another guy who's been the sixth man on this offensive line for uh, this past season and a little bit in 2019 as well. So I think he's got a spot on this offensive line as well. He has gone from between right tackle and guard, even a little center and pinches, I think I'm going to put him in at right guard because I wanted to make room for this young star at right tackle. I think that Tosh Baker, who's going to be a redshirt freshman, six foot eight, 300 pounds, out of the state of Arizona, for a basketball player coming out, very acclaimed basketball player as well. I think that he is the next in line of stud offensive tackles. I think Jared Patterson is going to be a highly coveted player at several offensive line positions when he ultimately enters the NFL draft in 2022. But I think that Tosh Baker, when we're talking about the line of Ronnie Stanley to Mike McGlinchey to Liam Eikenberg, I think this guy's the next big thing, and he might be the most physically gifted coming out of out of college of those uh, coming out of high school for those for that that um, trend of guys. You know, even even over a guy like Ronnie Stanley, just from physical gifts. So I have him sliding in at right tackle because I mean I just want to see him play, and he's been a guy that's been in the weight program for a year now, highly recruited player. Super talented. And then whenever Patterson leaves, I think he's probably the heir apparent to going over to left tackle. But the transitional period here, hey, let's throw him over at right tackle and see what the young man does and let him develop into that role because there's no other starting experience at tackle outside of Josh Lugg. So I would like to see the, uh, the ability to have Baker play. So that, again, that's Jared Patterson, Quinn Carroll, Zeke Corral, Josh Lugg, and then Tosh Baker as the starting five going from left to right. I think the one most obvious one here is Zeke Corral playing center because he did get on the field a little bit, and he is also one of the more highly recruited guys. Patterson, it almost makes me wonder why they didn't have him playing tackle this year and maybe Hainsey at center, as we kind of discussed on the last show. But I think one thing that needs to be acknowledged, there might have been a really good recruiting class of of young linemen that were coming in, some really highly recruited players, some talented guys, but none of those guys are really going to get on the field just because of the current pipeline of players and the current trajectory that we typically see where after your redshirt year is usually when you get onto the field, not when you're you know immediately coming in as a true freshman. It's just too difficult of a curve, especially having to compete with guys that have already been a part of uh, you know such a big and, and quality strength and conditioning program. Yeah, and I, I think that what Tommy Kramer and Robert Hainsey were able to do at right tackle in Robert Hainsey's true freshman year and Tommy Kramer's red true freshman year, you had guys that had started at right tackle. So I think that it was just, hey, let's get the best five on the on the field 
And Jared Patterson has that flexibility to move inside. I think in a perfect world, you're absolutely correct. Like Robert Haynes is a more natural fit at center. Jared Patterson is probably a more natural fit at right tackle. But it was just one of those situations where there was already a veteran entrenched. So they made room for a talented young player. Uh, Z Corral for me is the is the uh, the biggest help to this group though is the fact of like you talked about it you know during the season a little bit the whispers are Jared Patterson the left tackle but then who's the center getting Zeke Corral some game action down the stretch and him playing well makes you feel good about that transition and I think that gives you flexibility to play some younger more talented players and not have to kind of go older and experienced just because you're not exactly sure how it'll fit. Zayt Corral gives you that flexibility and also kind of ipso facto when you really think about it all the way around, that gives you the flexibility to also play Tosh Baker, who again, I think is the most talented offensive lineman they have as far as physical gifts. And I'm just really excited because we could talk about this probably every day until spring practice, if there is a spring practice, because there are a million different combinations. There's several players that are going to be on the bench that you know haven't seen the field yet that were four-star recruits that just haven't gotten the opportunity because at the end of the day, this is one of the most talented offensive line in football has been over the last several years. And we're going to, I think that this group is potentially special one, maybe not so much in 2021 because they're all, some of them are going to be very young, but just continuing that pipeline, I think that there are, are legit NFL talent here moving forward just as there always is. Wrapping up today's show, we're going to talk about Nick McLeod's performance at the Hula Bowl. Before we get to that, folks, are you ready for the Super Bowl this weekend? There is going to be so much fun action leading up to this game, as well as the game itself. It is going to be exciting. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady for the Super Bowl. And if you're going to bet on it, which so many people do, and we know that we've all done it before betting was legal, you might as well head to bet online. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we can trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Do you think maybe uh, Patrick Mahomes will win his second straight Super Bowl or will Tampa Brady win a Super Bowl with the Bucks and not the Patriots? If you're leaning one way or the other, put some money down, have some fun, get in on the action and don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked on Peacocks and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all of the latest news and insight on every single game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So Ryan, we spent a lot of time covering the Senior Bowl and sharing our insights on having access to the film and and breaking down how guys did it practice. And it, it almost goes without saying that, or not goes without saying, but like we almost didn't even mention that Nick McLeod was participating in his own All-Star game. And right now, the, the series of events are not like that they typically are. So there's no East-West Shrine game, there was no NFL PA Bowl, they had different measures for how they went about those events, but what we did have was the Hula Bowl, the Tropical Bowl, the Senior Bowl, uh, which is the main one, 
And then the College Gridiron Showcase went on, which is a different style event. So Nick McLeod plays in the Hula Bowl, and he is named uh, defensive MVP after getting two interceptions, which is, I think, pretty interesting. And the one thing that I just want to kind of debunk but unpack, uh, does this do anything for Nick McLeod, who we spoke on being probably a UDFA? Well, I think that, I mean, yes. Does it do something for him? Absolutely. Because like you said, outside of the Senior Bowl, we have the College Gridiron Showcase, the Hula Bowl, the Tropic Bowl, and um, and the, um, and yeah, I think, did I get them all? I think those are all of them. <laughs> I'm like losing my mind. <laughs> all right, my bad. It's, it's been a long draft season, folks. So we had, we had the East-West Shrine game canceled. We had the NFLPA Bowl. Both of those games went fully virtual. So what that happens is, is that really kind of that that eliminates a lot of the resume builders that you have in the draft process. So does it do something for him? Absolutely. He got in front of NFL scouts. He had a big performance. Two interceptions. I think he only had one interception during his Notre Dame, his uh, only season at Notre Dame. So ball skills were something that people were going to question. They see that he's a big physical corner, can play in the can play press man, do some things. I don't think he's a very gifted athlete, but the ability to turn the football over is big time. And the ability to get in front of NFL coaches and scouts and to get your name out there and to have a big performance is absolutely notable. And it's a lasting um, emphasis because this could be, besides for his pro day, his big moment as a draft prospect. I still don't think that he is going to move the needle enough as an athlete to warrant a late-round selection. I think he's a UDFA, maybe a priority-free agent, right? Like one of those guys that you hear quickly that they've been signed after the draft because he has some size and maybe, hey, he can move inside potentially. Like, let's see what he can do uh, type of thing. But I I just think that there is context to everything. And, you know, having that shining moment in one of these limited All-Star games this year is a big moment for Nick McLeod. I just ultimately don't think it's going to move the needle enough, but I do think that it does move the needle at least a little bit and get some eyes on you. Right. That's the that's the key here is that when you have a, a you win an award at one of these events, you'll get people saying, "Oh, let's go take a look back. Maybe we can reconsider how we feel about him." Realistically speaking, they're going to go back and watch his tape with a different, you know, uh, perspective what they're looking for. And more often than not, when that does happen, it's probably not going to change very much. Now, it's okay to be a high-priority UDFA. There's plenty of guys who get opportunities and make rosters as high-priority UDFAs, but just realistically speaking, with the amount of other defensive backs that are in this class and the, the amount of like talented high-upside guys and also the tall, long-upside guys – I just don't see a universe where Nick McLeod probably gets drafted. And that's not being negative. That Again, I, I know we sound negative on some of the draft stocks of some of these other guys, but we're just being realistic here. You know, That's the realistic outlook for Nick McLeod. I hope he gets drafted. That would be fantastic. But realistically speaking, probably going to be a high-priority UDFA playing in the hula ball. Well, he's a limited athlete, and like, let's be honest with it. He's a pretty scheme-versatile player. I mean, he, he lacks the versatility to play a you know a variety of coverages. Like he can play on the line of scrimmage a little bit. He can get your hands on physical. He can play a little bit of zone. But like he's not a guy that you're going to put on an island full time. You're not going to put him um, in off man at all. So I think there's just some limitations to him as a stylistic player. Like I don't think that he's going to appeal to all teams. So what he's going to have to do is whether he's drafted late or is a free agent is not only do you have to 
play hard, play physical, get aggressive off defense. You also have to really show that you can make an impact on special teams. He has the body. He has the frame to make that transition and to be an asset on special teams. But until you see it, you just haven't seen it much at Notre Dame because he came in one year and then was you know a starting defensive back, so special teams wasn't his big calling. But I think that he can have the opportunity to do it. And again, two interceptions in an all-star game, defensive player of the, of the game for your defense, uh, for your team. It's all notable stuff and, and good for Nick McLeod. I feel really well, uh, great for him because this is a draft cycle, again, dealing with so many prospects on a year-to-year basis. Seeing what happened in 2020 where, where there were cancellations, no, almost no pro days. They were going virtual and pro days. And, hey, where are we getting our verified measurables? Seeing how many players suffered last year makes you really worried about what this year is going to look like and the ability to play in one of those all-star games and hopefully a pro day. I think that it definitely does help him in the long run. Yep, certainly. And we'll continue to update you and monitor the various draft stocks for these Notre Dame prospects. Tomorrow's episode, I will be recapping Notre Dame's game against Wake Forest. So stay tuned for that. And also make sure to tune into the game at 5 o'clock on the ACC Network. Be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft. And at Locked on Irish, hit that subscribe button if you enjoy listening to, to the show. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're looking for something else to tune into, check out the brand new Locked on Today or Locked on Pets. We'll talk to you tomorrow, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.